Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. I'm Simon. And I'm Stephanie. And we're all property people running our own businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. And of course, you will have heard a third name today. And we welcome and very pleased and proud to welcome Stephanie Taylor to the show. Welcome, Stephanie. Uh, Stuart, it's so good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, very pleased that you could join us today. And for those that don't know Stephanie Taylor, Stephanie has her own podcast, her own book, runs a property business, uh, rent to rent business. She's also developing commercial properties as well. And we're going to get into all of that. And we thought Stephanie would be really good to bring onto the show, didn't we, Simon, in terms of firstly thinking about rent to rent, given that we've just done a little bit of a series on how to replace salary through rent to rent, as well as other strategies. But from our perspective, it was really good to to get you on, Stephanie, to just to really talk to people about how they start, more, more importantly, how you started in, in rent to rent and why you selected that as a strategy. So maybe before we get into that, and, and Simon and I will, will obviously uh, talk to you a little bit more about that, could you just give us a quick summary of you and, and you know, how you got to do what you do now? Yes, I can. Um, and firstly, I just want to say thank you. It's, it's great to be on your podcast. I listen to your show and I think it's unique in that it's so relaxed, laid back, and it really goes into your personal experiences. But yeah, I'm Stephanie Taylor, as you said, and I'm, I'm co-founder of an award-winning HMO management company. That's HMO Heaven. That's a rent-to-rent business. And from there, my sister and I developed rent to rent success to help other people get started with rent to rent in an ethical way. So we host the rent to rent podcast and we're authors of the number one best selling book rent to rent success, which I'm very proud has over 165 star reviews on Amazon. Amazing. As we were saying just in the intro before we started rolling, we've also started buying our own properties and focusing on multi unit blocks and also converting commercial into multi unit blocks. That all sounds very, very impressive. How long have you been doing this? Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing, Simon, is that we started in 2016. But because we're perhaps, uh, let's just say, not spring chickens, we did go quite fast once we, once we got started. And, and where did you start? How, how did this all, all begin? Well, like many people, um, I was working, well, I was working a nine-to-five job in a bank. I thought I would stay there until retirement. It, I actually felt I'd landed on my feet and was doing quite well financially by this time because over over my lifetime, I've been through a lot of financial struggle. But by my uh, mid-40s, I felt I was in a reasonably comfortable place in terms of the salary and the type of work I was doing at the bank. But, but then my mum got ill I had a bit of a wake up call and I felt like, uh, is this how I want to live my life? And, you know, dismissing my mum's needs so that I can go to work, which is, I think, a thing that many people have to do. And because I was getting older and I thought, how do I want to live the rest of my life? And I wanted it to be able to be more flexible so that I could go to my mum lives in Birmingham or she can come to us. But we just got that bit more flexibility than I felt that I had at that time. And uh, I, I knew that business was the answer, but I really did not feel that I could run a business successfully to the level where I can choose where I want to uh, work. And that, that, that's a lot to do with mindset and, you know, thoughts about yourself and so on. But 
I thought eventually the idea of property came to me and I started going to all these property events and was blown away by all the crazy things people were doing. And, and that's where it really started. And I got the idea for, for Rent to Rent. How did you take the first steps then? Did you, did you stay in your full-time job and start your property business on, on the side? Or, or did you take a giant leap and go for it full-time? Well, I, I did kind of go for it, but I was lucky, or I am lucky in the fact that at this time, in my mid-40s, my son was growing up and was working in IT in Birmingham at the time I was living in Bristol on my own. So I had a lot of flexibility with how I wanted to live, what I wanted to do. So once I got the property bug, I was absolutely determined. I was all consumed. I was writing property lists. I was listening to podcasts in my lunch hour. Uh, but I was pursuing. I'd find out about rent to rent. I went on a one day course and then I was implementing it. So I started calling agents. I started setting up the business and I started going to viewings at weekends. And I thought all of this is going to take rather a long time. But I was surprised that, um, and also people don't believe this, but I was quite shy and unsure about talking to letting agents. I, the idea of it, I just totally would have my heart racing even even before I walked in, you know, just the thought of it, what am I going to say, how are they going to believe me, etc. So just in, in June of 2016, I walked into a letting agent after a lot of standing outside and, hop, you know, shall I go in, shall I not go in, shall I go in, shall I not go in, what are they going to say, etc. And I went in. And I just came out with it. Have you got any HFOs? <laughs> um, which maybe it's not the best opening line, but she said, no, no, we don't do that sort of thing and everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> As you would. And I said, oh, okay, well, um, I, that's understandable because she was explaining that her head office would need to okay this, that, and the next thing. And it just came to me, don't know where from, have you got any tenant find only landlords who might be interested do you think because I can understand and then once you've seen what we can do then you might be willing to refer us for your fully managed landlords and suddenly a light bulb went off in her head she started juggling me to two you know the big screens with the properties on and there were two properties two HMOs from the same landlord on the same street a few doors away from each other one a five bed one a four bed and um, somehow I managed to keep my composure and a range of viewing. And that, that was the beginning, really. Wow. Yes. Um, I know what you mean about those, those nerves when you're getting started. It's, uh, yeah, you, you just feel that they know all the information. They have all of the, the, the uh, details and, and, and you just don't know what's going on. And you're, you're just not quite sure. But, uh, but yeah, in actual fact, that. They don't really know much more. And often when you've researched an area, you actually probably know more than some of the agents you'll be going to, to see and talk to. What I was keen to ask, um, Stephanie, was just on the tenant find element of what you were talking about. What was it about that that you felt would give you the, the foot in the door versus the fully managed? Yeah, because then it's up to the landlord. So the agent doesn't want to take that risk that you're going to turn out to be a ne'er-do-well fly by night. And then they've got to explain it not only to the landlord, but to head office that they've taken this risk and it's all gone wrong and it's all their fault. Mm. Um, but if it's up to the landlord, 
then they can put this forward to the landlord. They can get paid by us. They can get paid by the landlord. And they were only ever going to get paid by the landlord anyway because it was tenant fined only. And the, the landlord in this particular case had asked for groups. So he himself didn't want to be renting out by the room. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, and what happened with those two? Yeah, well, those were our first two properties and we got a lovely landlord. Uh, he's just, it was just the perfect first landlord for us. He was in his 50s at the time. He was, um, he had a job he loved. He'd, he'd been investing since his 20s. He didn't come from a very well-off family, but he was working as an apprentice. He'd saved up his money and obviously properties were much cheaper compared to salaries at that time. So he'd saved up and bought a property and done it all up himself. And then he'd gone on to buy more over the years. But his biggest problem was he had a lovely life that he loved with his his wife, didn't have any children, wanted to keep working because he loves his job. And his biggest problem was what to do with all this money because the government keeps taxing him on everything uh, twice and three times. So he actually wasn't that focused on having more money. He just wanted them rented out, bringing the money in, on a guaranteed basis. So I'll tell you what happened. Originally, they were on at 1400 and 1100 as student lets. But by the time we came along, they were both on at 800. And I said to Nikki, my business partner, let's offer 700. And she said, no, 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 we need to offer 600 because she's the numbers person. And I just felt so embarrassed to call the agent and suggest 600 pound per property. And I thought, well, there's no way, obviously, we've just written ourselves out of it. But then the agent called me at work. I'm sitting in an open plan office in Bristol. And, you know, it was one of those, my, my, you know, I had it on vibrate, obviously, and I was sort of picking it up and throwing it in the air and <laughs> run, running out of the communal area so that I could take this call from the agent. And I couldn't believe it when he said that it was they accept, they accept the offers and that we can go ahead. And I was um, delirious with um, happiness and then absolutely terrified because I thought, oh my God, what are we going to do? So what, what, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> well, the first steps were very tentative. And it's so funny because when we originally went to look around it, we looked so green. We had, we, I certainly had a clipboard and I was making notes. We had, <laughs> we had forms and I was saying, oh yes, Nikki, we, we would change this flooring, wouldn't we? We would change this flooring. And Nikki was agreeing and we would change this and we would change that and we would do this and that. And um, anyway, the landlord must have just looked at us bemused. Well, he said he did. He said he didn't know how long we would last. He thought we were very green. and um, But he thought that we had a good heart and that, you know, if it didn't work out, that he could always ask us to move on. So that's what I often say to people. Landlords in particular are looking for someone who really cares and is going to look after their property and, you know, do it in a way that works. But our next move, once we got the properties, I'm, in, I'm working in Bristol. My sister's living in London. The properties are in Newport. It's about an hour from Bristol, obviously a lot further from London. So I would be doing the most most of it. And I, we went there and we had this refurbishment. I'll just tell you a little bit because I haven't got time for the whole long story, but this will give you enough of an insight, was that the owner of the properties had told us that a decorator was coming and he was going to decorate both of the properties, a five-bed HMO and a four-bed HMO for £800. And I just looked at Nikki and 
I said to Nikki afterwards, wow, this Newport, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I, I can't believe the price of things. Anyway, the decorator came out, listened to us go on about, oh, we'll have this colour on the... Um, on the feature wall, <laughs> all of the woodwork is to go to white eggshell uh, because it was sort of brown stained um, varnish. All of the woodwork is to go to white eggshell. This, that, and the next thing, everything is to be treated, blah, 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 blah. And he lets walk all the way around the whole house, show you everything. And at the end of it, he says, No, love, sorry, I can't do that. I just usually just splash on a bit of white wall, ceiling, everything. And that's it. And I can't do that, what you're looking for. So that was it. Then we had to hunt for contractors. And, you know, as a guys, I think it's hard anyway. But as two women new to the area, it's even worse. And we ended up having a fairly big company do it reluctantly. So they charged us a lot to do it. But we took them on anyway. Um, because we just needed to get it turned around. We thought, we've learned a lesson. Let's get these people in. At least they're going to be in and out rather than we get a one-man band who's going to take, you know, months to finish it. These these guys are going to be in and out within within a week or two. So so that was that was how we did it. And what term, what term did you go for? So, again, just thinking about your sort of uh, sensitivity and... You, you, you know nature especially when it's the first one where you're you know reticent to even go in at 600 for that what in terms of years what was your thinking in terms of contract length well we did want five years we did want five years but he was only prepared to sign for three um so we said yes and we signed up for three years and um he's recently well not recently now but he's he's renewed again for another five years so we've got eight years in total and after the first one, the five bed one cash flowed 600 nod and the four bed 400 nod. And then, but we spent such a lot on the refurb. It was, it was, it's almost embarrassing. Uh, Can we ask? Well, on one of the properties, we spent 12,000 pounds and that was on the five bed. Now I wonder how did we even manage to spend 12,000 pounds? I do not know. It's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> We we did. We had all new furniture. It was white gloss, so the furniture was quite quite pricey. The redecoration, as I said, was quite pricey. I want to say two thousand pounds, but it might have been more. Um, but the whole thing, anyway, with that, I know that that it came in at, at twelve thousand pounds, but it still worked out to be a fantastic property for us. The six hundred a month is allowing after the after the twelve thousand is taken off over the first five years. But we still have those properties. They're still really good properties for us. So it it all worked out with the in the end, and we learned a lot of the things about how to refurb inexpensively, and also how to encourage landlords to pay for the refurbishments. Yeah, and and I think that is one of the skills. There's I know because we we read a lot of books, we listen to a lot of podcasts, and and I think that's a it's, we have to educate ourselves because we don't want to be blind. But equally, it's where the rubber meets the road is where, for me, the, the big learning happens because you can read all the books you like about how to interact with landlords and what to say, but when you're eyeball to eyeball with a landlady or a landlord or a, or a letting agent, it's a different situation because they're not going to follow the set process that you think they might in their head. It's a it's a dynamic situation, isn't it? People react. But the, the only thing I just wanted to sort of underscore in, in terms of people listening to the podcast was what I quite liked was even from that first one, you talked about the first uh, that, that they originally marketed those properties for fourteen hundred and eleven hundred, so total of two and a half. 
and and you offered 1200 so immediately there just in someone's brain you can think well that would have been the market value at some stage yeah. that for whatever reason has 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 decreased over time generally because of condition so already you can say actually you know that's your margin isn't it actually we're paying 50% of market value so how can we get that 50% and you know you talked through the the refurb and, and getting it up to to so what was the what was your um, market rent on that one if you comfortable pounds. Yeah, for yeah, both. Sometimes, sometimes a little. No, no, for one, for, for one. one. So I can't remember the other one. I've got the first one in my head because I talk about those numbers all the time. And the second one, not so much. But that, yeah, it was two thousand. You said before they were being marketed as student properties. Have you also changed the the tenant profile? Yeah, well, the tenant show profile changed when Newport or Cardiff University, I think it was, had a campus in Newport, and they moved it. So that was when the tenant profile changed and he was one in groups and he was charging 800 per property. And he said that he'd had, he'd had some guys come around to look, you know, contractors or similar, but he didn't just didn't like the look of them. Just didn't get a good feeling. They still look like student properties, presumably. <laughs> yeah, they did look like student properties. And uh, that was another thing. We did the refurbishment and we were so delighted with ourselves. We weren't delighted with the 12,000 pounds, but spend on one property but we were delighted with the way the properties looked and what was so lovely for us was that his 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 parents who were by now by this time we were meeting in their 80s had over the years because he'd had them from his 20s every summer they used to come and help him clean and marvel at the inside of the microwave and uh, redecorate again and hang off banisters you know painting the ceilings and all that and they all came around to look at it once it had been redone and they were they were blown away and that that was that was really lovely for us and it was it was a great start because we were able to take some photos of it and you know invite other letting agents who we'd talked to around and yeah so it was it was a good it was a good place to start it felt like a, a win-win-win for everybody everybody involved. Can I just ask how long it took to go from walking into that, that letting agent and being shown these, these two properties to having your new tenants in there? Yeah, it was quite well. This landlord was quite trick, not tricksy, but he's savvy. He knew what he was doing and um, he might have not been, you know, needing the max money, but he knew what he wanted. So he, his negotiation skills were better than ours. Let's put it like that. So we had to take them on, one starting in July and one starting in August. So he'd given us a little bit of time. We went into that letting agent in June. So we got access in July and then we'd start paying the rent. For One was the 1st of July and the other was the 1st of August. And I think it was, there was a bit of a lag between getting the tenants, you see. So I think we had like three or four weeks where... It either had some tenants and not all, or there was a little bit of over, overlap. And that was very heart racy as well, because I thought, oh, what if it doesn't work? We spent £12,000. It's all looking lovely. What if it doesn't work? And we hadn't started advertising the rooms as we were finishing the refurbishment, which we, of course, do now. We'd waited until everything was finished and then gone out to, and the first, the, some of the first viewers hadn't jumped straight away in which I thought well why wouldn't somebody take it <laughs> so I was very worried but actually it did prove popular and um and we filled the rooms quickly and after that it's it's just gone really well so 
June to, I would say, August. Were you able to do the refurb before you started paying the rent? No, but that's what we do now. We don't, we say after refurbishment, then we have a three-week rent-free period to tenant it. And then the guaranteed rent starts on X date. So all of those learnings came after these these first properties. And that and that's what I'm talking about. That's that's through experience because I think there's this uh, you know tentative nature. I think is the word I was looking for. Where a bit like we discussed on your podcast is that we think that the other party is owing everything to us and that we are in the weaker position. But actually, we're offering a service. It's a quid pro quo, isn't it? So, and my learning was exactly that as well. That, that actually we say, look, this is how we do business. And you're giving them the option. If you want to do business with us, this is how it's going to work, as opposed to, oh, my God, I so desperately want your property that I'm going to give you everything and more just to, to, so you give me the keys. Exactly. And that is very much how we were. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, he's giving us, he's giving us, he's doing us a favour by, you know, letting us manage his property. Whereas... It's such a challenge, isn't it, for people to find someone to manage their HMO to a high standard consistently over time. Mm. And, 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 and the reason people are looking for rent to rent is typically because the property is not in the condition. Like you said, I mean, and I think your story just of that first one, I know we spent a lot of time on this and we'll move on to just how you've now scaled that. But it's about, I think, understanding that this is the journey of a property, particularly when someone's my experience is, is it's landlords that have been around a long time and they just are just tired, quite literally tired of having to do all of that stuff themselves and need that pain taken away. And they are willing to exchange value for you to remove that pain, whether that's just you taking on the maintenance, the condition of the property and so on. So, you know, you're providing value. And the other thing that, that I love about your business and what you guys put across is that, you know, your strap line includes the word ethical. And I think that is a key thing for me because when I first came into property, you know, rent to rent, I wouldn't say it was a dirty word, but it was kind of like one of those things. Oh, yeah, you only do that if you, you know, if you're really struggling or, you know, you don't have any money, you need to do rent to rent. Whereas actually, I think you know, your proposition, you know, both, you know, yours and Nikki's is, is about doing how we do things the right way. And I think that that is what business is about. So can you just tell us a little bit more then in terms of so we've talked about five years and how you know, how much you're doing. So how, how quickly were you able to scale that, those first two properties into a, a business, an actual business? Yeah, well, it's, um, it's, really, it's really easy after that because once you can, once you've got these before and after pictures to demonstrate, you've got, in our case, one happy landlord and two properties, and we were continuing to send out the letters and people who'd been struggling for some time started to get in touch. So we got some very difficult or challenging properties in the early days, but uh, while well, we were still new, but that was such a great learning for us. Um, one of the properties was a, a lovely landlord, well, a couple, and they owned their properties for 12 years. They had two properties side by side, a five, five self-contained flats and four self-contained flats. So nine, it's actually more than nine units because one of the flats within the four bed is actually a little minimo of three units but it, it required a massive refurb seventy thousand pounds he spent on it but we managed that refurbishment for him so that was great experience for us and um we learned about what builders not to use uh no uh, they were great builders but they couldn't quite their work ethic wasn't quite on par with with ours 
but um, but we got that done and we've got a great relationship. But he's really keen to invest with us in doing some flips. Flips is not something that we've really done because we're always about um, holding. But um, but it's great having these relationships with with landlords who are investors and um, obviously want to do other things as well, especially when they see how you work. And that really changed his life. I mean, those properties were causing so much stress because, you know, the ceiling came down basically, or two ceilings. There was rubbish everywhere. People had been having mental breakdowns within the flats because of the type of property, the type of person who then moves in. Not to say that you're a bad person if you have a mental breakdown, but you can imagine the state of the flat, the, the level of rubbish, the dirtiness, the the fact that something could leak and totally rip a massive hole in the ceiling that has to be leaking for a long time for, for, that, for, that, for that to happen. And um, that was the state his property was in. And uh, he, he'd had it let out for 12 years and he, he's not a nearby landlord. So when, when we took them over, did them up and started renting them out, that, that really made, made a huge difference to him. Had he made the decision to do the refurb before he'd met with you or was it something that you said that you're going to need to do this? I think he he knew I think he didn't look too much because it's too painful and he's, he didn't have the skills to be able to do what needed to be done. It was allegedly being fully managed by a letting agent at, while all this was going on and um, I think he was just sort of letting them carry on with it but he was unable to sort of not look anymore because an insur- insurance assessor went out there and said to the letting agent, well, has the owner been out to see this? And he hadn't. So he came over and that was when our letter arrived at a similar time. So we, when we met up, obviously he was happy to take a chance because he, he was having such a bad experience and he felt that whatever we did, it was going to be better. Clearly, it would have been based on the condition you talked about, <laughs> unless unless you and Nikki decided to hold raves in that property. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many flats was that? Um, it was nine flats, and in one of the flats we had three rooms, or oh, we still have them. So it's three rooms. So we had those little extra units in there, and and in New- Newport, that's classed as an HMO, even though they're because it's converted flats, not building regs flats. So, or not a specific type of flats where you don't need the HMO license. So he still needs an HMO license, even though they're all self-contained, excuse me. And at what stage then, because I know Simon was thinking about this as well, was at which stage did you think, I think I can now start thinking about walking away from the bank? Sorry, walking away from the bank? The bank that you worked for, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I'm thinking about lending and all sorts. Um, yeah, so straight away. So my mind was just totally overrun with all of this. After years of just work, duh, 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 and then I'd found out about property and my mind was just like a, a washing machine. It was constantly on going, oh, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. Maybe. And then when I decided on rent to rent, I thought, okay, this is it now, going on all the viewing. So when we got these two properties, it was... I think maybe I heard about it in July and I could have extended my contract. They had offered me another six months at the bank, which would have been sensible because it gave me a bit bit more cushion. But I just thought, do you know what? I can't concentrate. I'm just going to work out my um, 
you know, notice and or the end of the contract that I was in and then moved to Newport. I moved into one of I moved into the five beds HMO and um and that was that was that. And I I had a bit of savings because I was on my own and I'm now in Newport, which is low low cost of living. I knew my savings would last for a little while. And then eventually, once we had a few more properties, we'd be able to start taking a bit of money out of the business each and then a little bit more as time went on. If we put some timelines to that, to, to the point where, where you were actually able to start taking money out of the business, um, if you start in 2016, when, when do you think you reached that point? I think during the later, later parts of 2016, we, we would have started taking £500 each out. And then... I'm not sure of the dates, but over the next year or so, we built it up a thousand, one thousand five hundred, two thousand. And then, you know, I think we've gone a little bit over that now. Um, we don't take a huge amount out of the business uh, because obviously we're reinvesting uh, the money back into the business, the refurbs on the properties that we're buying and so on like that. So, yeah, that's how we that's how we've been doing it. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds quite rapid actually that you're able to to ramp that up. But you you mentioned properties that you're now buying, so perhaps you could tell us a bit about some of those that you you've moved on from rent to rent to actually buy to let or or that kind of thing. What what are you doing there? Rent to rent was such a great experience for us. I mean, obviously highs and lows, uh, the ups and downs, as you've heard some of the mistakes and the dramas and all of that. But um, it, it just gave us such confidence. Uh, that we could do things and we could do things actually that other people couldn't do make some of these properties that have been losing a lot of money into places that people really want to live and that were, were, were profitable as well and that, that the landlords were all happy and the housemates etc so it gave us a lot of confidence and we decided to buy a property it was um in 2017 so this was actually not long after we started so it was 148,000 pounds and it was a commercial property on a corner plot with three parking spaces. But it was in a residential area, in a residential row of houses. Previously had been a house. But at the time when we bought it, it had a D1 classification. And it had, um, it had a charity in there on a lease. So it would be washing its face as soon as we purchased it. We knew we would get planning to turn to residential. We just didn't know what the planning it would be because it was in the residential area. It was right opposite the train station, so great location in central Newport. And we thought we were going to turn this into an HMO. Obviously, buying commercial, we were buying at a discount. The the similar residential properties of the same size on that street would have been 200 250 and we bought this at 150 But obviously, there's a lot of work that, that you need to do to turn it to resi, so maybe it's about the same. But in the end, our architect, I had thought about the separate flats and I thought we might be able to get three, but our architect came up with four because he made one of them a duplex on two levels. And so we've recently had a valuation on it, which was that obviously we bought it, let's call it 150. It was valued with the planning permission to four flats at 300. And they're forecasting 500 for when it's completely turned into four separate flats which is underway at the moment but we're spending now Nikki always tells me oh you got that wrong uh, but I believe it's 150,000 that is the refurb cost the the conversion cost 
to get it to where we want it to be. Does that include your your architect and the, the planning process and things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it it could be it could be a bit more because things are usually a bit more. But I think I think our QS said one hundred and thirty, so we've added a little bit more to it already. Mm, that sounds really good. Are you planning to hold that? Yes. Yeah. We had an offer to buy it from a charity. Wanted to buy it, but I, I think we wanted we want to hold it because there's lots of different ways we can run it. Obviously, we're familiar with long term, but you know we could have someone do a service because it is right opposite a train station. It does have three parking spaces, and there is parking availability on street as well with tickets and stuff. So, so yeah. So what I love about it is that in the first five years, oftentimes you're you're putting you're putting out so much money, and you know the the GD or the the capital up, up, uplift isn't there. But I know that within the next few years, the portfolio is really going to come into its own and be worth so much more than than we paid for it. It's one of those. I think it's just not spoken about enough in property circles that one of the the biggest elements of property investing and what we do is time. And most of us, were, certainly more my experience was, you know, a bit like you're just, just done, really need to get out of this and you want it now, now, now. But property is is really good, but just takes that time. And, and like you said, you know, because property prices will increase, maybe certainly not at the rate they're increasing now for for, for much longer, but but typically they do increase. And that means your loan to value drops and Therefore, you can breathe a little bit easier at night, and all of these things happen. But it just—it does just take a lot longer than than people think, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But the other thing that I love about it is actually five years is not that long. Mm-hmm. It just seems like five minutes ago. And if the time's going to pass anyway, why not let it pass and have have bought a property five years ago that was worth one hundred and fifty k, and now it's worth five hundred, even though you don't live in an area where the values go up that much so why why not do that because you know as the old saying goes don't wait to buy property buy property and wait because uh, that's where the magic happens or even if you're doing rent to rent whatever you're doing you know start doing it because the rent that you make in one month say you're making to make the maths easy a thousand pounds in profit a month on your property after all of the costs you make sixty thousand pounds every five years after all the costs with that with that property so so it's just really important to start whatever you're going to do yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more it's one of those where it because it comes up a lot doesn't it when people you know in the office or on linkedin or whichever social media say what you know when should i think about buying properties now just just now just just of course that's heavily caveated and do your due diligence etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know now is the time you know it's, it's the old adage isn't it when was the you know when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago that's not possible to so do it now you know it's um it's the same it's the same principle so you've you've followed a, a really great path i think that just shows people the power of the different investment strategies so in terms of where you are today how does the how does the business operate in terms of your focus is is rent to rent still a big part of the focus property clearly commercial development stroke property development is a, is a is a bigger part but how, how does that work now yeah, so essentially there's three three parts to the business. There's HMO Heaven, the property management business, the rent-to-rent business that we've already talked about. So Nikki and I run that together. I would say Nikki's more in that business on a day-to-day basis. I spend about half a day a week, which is liaising with our main person, Luke, our assistant property manager. So what we talk about is 
one of the important uh, KPIs is keeping your rooms full. So that's one of the things that we talk about in that meeting. And Nikki's role is more coordinating the contractors for the maintenance and so on and dealing with the landlords. And Luke's role is obviously keeping the rooms full and talking to the, communicating with the housemates. So keeping the housemates happy and making sure that everything's um, dealt with on, on Arthur. And we, we really would like to take on somebody else to be able to support Luke in, in his role because when he goes on holiday, uh, one of us needs to step in. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's the, the, the one strand, the HMO yeah. heaven. And- the, other, the other development strand is uh, it takes a lot of time in terms of finance. You know, the finance parts take a lot of time. The legal parts take a lot of time. Obviously, the development. So Nikki is the lead on all of that but we've got fewer units. So we own 28 units at the moment. And we would like to, what I was saying to you is once we've got, we've got three big refinances this year. Once those are concluded, when we're looking for the next property, we would like to have one with units in excess of 12, but ideally in excess of 20, because then you're just doing one project a year and you're doubling virtually, you're uh, almost doubling your portfolio. And it just makes so much more sense for us to do it that way. So, so that's the next part. So that takes up a small part of my time as well, because I'm in conversation with Nikki and deciding what to do about different things strategically. And the other part of it is the training business. I do spend quite a lot of time on that, which is, uh, you know, I just love doing it as well helping other people to get started in, in property in, in the right way with rent to rent because I think there is a lot of hype about rent to rent and a lot of wrong information given out. So so we do enjoy enjoy that part of it as well. But I think one of the things that we're we're getting into now, which we didn't need to do before, is as you build up all these assets and different income streams and you've got profitable businesses, you then really need to focus on how to invest you know, your money, so it grows, how to use your money tax efficiently. So we are in the process of setting up a SAS, a self, small self-administered pension scheme, and, um, and also looking at things like um, powers of attorney between ourselves, agreements between our businesses about what happens if one of us gets married, what happens if one of us dies, we haven't got all that in place. So we're looking at all of that. And, um, you know, part of that will be trusts about, um, you know, passing uh, assets on, etc. after we've gone. So that's another part of the business as well that we're, we're looking at now that we didn't used to need to look at. Sounds like you're, uh, you're really, or your business is really growing up and uh, getting very, uh, very advanced when you're considering all of those sort of future potentials and, and trying to, to cover the, the eventualities that, that haven't arisen yet. So yeah, very very good planning. Um, we're nearly out of time, but we we mentioned this before we started recording, and I can't let us finish without coming back to it. And this is your your twelve unit property that you you've recently purchased, and I think you said you you purchased it for about four hundred thousand. And this is yeah. twelve units for four hundred thousand, and these these aren't HMO units, are they? No. So could you tell us a little bit more about about that project? Yeah, and actually, Simon, it, we bought it. I said four hundred, but we actually bought it at three seven five, and. The, the property it gets worse or better. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> better for us. Better for us. But 
if you're not in Newport, it's, it, it can be painful listening. Um, but 375, we paid for the whole building. It's a bit of a strange property. We've never seen one like this before. It was 10 um, what they call bed sits. So in each of them is um, the kitchen, yeah, kitchen and then living areas. So you've got space for a lounge, a living, sorry, a bedroom, a lounge, and you've got your kitchen in there as well. And then there were, between the 10 bed sits, there were three bathrooms shared between all 10. So we didn't think that would work, but I was like, oh, we can just add en suites to all of them, make them little studios. But of course, that didn't that didn't work um, with how how the building is set up and the space and everything. So we, it it has remained as 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 what I've just described to you. So that was ten of the units, and then it had a two bedroom flat and a little shop. So that's the twelve units. So it actually worked out to thirty two thousand pounds per unit. And actually, to get a studio or a one bed flat that's that's giving you the same rent, the rentals on those are four fifty to six hundred pounds. 450 for the little um, bed sits and 600 for the two bed shop. Uh, so two bed flat, about 400 for the shop, but the shop's not let at the moment because we're still refurbishing it. But what, what, so what you would, so 32,000 pounds per unit, but in Newport to buy that kind of unit, I used to say you could get it from 70,000 pounds, but judging on the property I saw recently, I don't think you can even get it at 70,000 pounds. I think it'd be more 90,000 upwards or 80,000 upwards you could get that so under half price uh, because you're buying in bulk if you will because they're all on one title and you get the opportunities for uplifting growth by increasing the rent so the rental income was 42,000 sorry 44,000 pounds per year before we bought it now having completed some of the refurb it's 66,000 pounds per year and the value was a 10x on gross rental originally so if that's remaining in place it would have gone from 375 we bought it let's call it 400 to now 675 or 660 rather that it would be worth if it if it marries with that so yeah phenomenal strategy the multi-unit block strategy and you also have the opportunity to split the title so on this one we could split the 10 as one because they have one entrance and they're all showing their bathrooms we could have the shop as one and we could have the two bed flat as one. We haven't actually done that yet. And we, we are planning to hold these properties, but um, that's an option for us to do. I think, um, I think options is great. And, and, and clearly, you, you know, you've worked up to this as well and, and developed that the experience. Wasn't an option. Sorry, it wasn't a lease option. I just meant that was a, that's the choice we could make. We could yeah, no, that's what, I, that's what I meant too. Yeah, you have to watch your language and property, don't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I would just say, so So as an option, I've split the freehold on one of my properties because because it gave me more options. That's, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yes. Is, so when, when you hold, at least you know, actually, if we need to um, create some, some capital, we could sell one of these. We don't actually have to think about selling the whole thing. It's done. It's just like everything else. It's time, effort, and that equals cost to, to do the splitting. But um that's fantastic that you've you, you know you've you've got to this scale now, and that's why it's so great to have you on the show because it, it just shows that the your foundational strategy of rent to rent has enabled you to to grow to to, to wherever you know you and Nikki and the business wanted to go. So thank you for for sharing all of that with us. It's been so good to come on and be part of the be part of the conversation today. I sometimes listen and do talk back to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well, at least now you, you, can, you can do it in, in real life. Stephanie, it has been great. As Simon said, we, we have probably run well over our, our typical time, but it was well worth it because we really just wanted to, to help share your story. And you know, as part of the wrap up, we'll let everyone know that uh, in, in the show notes, we'll share links to your book, The Rent to Rent Success, your podcast and HMO Heaven that you've mentioned as well. And all that will leave us to do is to say thank you once again, Stephanie, for joining us. And for everyone else, please do go to thebusinessofproperty.com where you'll find all of those show notes and links. As always, if you've got some value from this show, which if you've got a pulse, you will have done, please do leave us a rating. Other than that, we'll see you next week.